Oren B. Andy G. How's it going, mate? Bloody good, mate. I'm not a toothless hillbilly anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did notice. I was looking there. I'm thinking, oh, you look charming again, mate. Oh, mate, look like me again, eh? Um, it, was, <laughs> it was quite cool. I wasn't supposed to have my dentist appointment until the 15th of February. Uh, but then I got a call from the dentist literally the day before saying, hey, we've had a cancellation. Let's get you in. Oh, yeah. Sweet. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, ducked out of you work for a couple of hours. and You want to get that fixed, eh? Yeah, I know. It was it was a little bit annoying. And it was a bit of a, um, a self-conscious thing as well, as you can imagine. You know, I sort of started smiling differently, you know, so people couldn't really <laughs> see it that well, but I didn't like that. But anyway, this is the other thing as well, is that now we wear masks these days. No one could see me smiling anyway, so it didn't really matter, did it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, the appointment brought forward. The dentist took about an hour to do it, which is quite impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tooth technology these days is pretty good because he used this resin and hardened it by a blue light. And I'm going to be honest, my teeth are not pearly white. They've got a little bit of a tinge to them, as as you'd expect, (laughs) but they managed to match the colour perfectly. It's very clever. Paint matching technology. (laughs) Yeah, 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 just mixed it in a pot. Oh, bit of red, lots of yellow. Um, Just chuck a bit of coffee in there. Now you get some coffee stains going. Yeah. And he did say you've lost a lot of enamel at the back of your teeth, which sometimes happens when you drink a lot of beer. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, what he said. Yeah. But he said, well, actually, it'd be a lot to do with um, acidic things like reflux and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I went through a big phase of my life where I ate a lot of oranges. Yeah. And and they said that it's very likely that the citrus could have played a part in that. Oh, but yeah. they're, they're not terribly worried. I mean, they, they just notice that a little bit of the enamels come off around the back, and that's probably attributed to, yes, I drink beer, but I used to absolutely destroy oranges. So it could be a lot to do with that. Anyway, got the bill. Um, did a partial payment because they reckon I can claim it on ACC. Uh, for those oh, that yeah. for those that don't know what that is, that's the Accident Compensation Corporation. Yeah. 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 So basically a bit of our wages goes towards them and just covers us for any accidents that we might have. And even though the accident happened 26 years ago when I broke my tooth, I said to them, it's quite historical. Like it, it happened a long time ago. Can I still claim? They said, well, you might as well have a go. So anyway, did a partial payment of like $250. And they said, well, if the ACC don't accept your claim, we'll be in touch and it'll be another $450. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's about, yeah, what was it 700 bucks? I think it's going to be for this uh, tooth. Yeah. But, like, I expected that. So, you know, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, dentist was great. He texted me the next day and he said, oh. yeah, he did. I'll, I'll read the text to you. I thought it was quite nice, actually. You know, the fact that this guy, when I got there, I saw him a few times pop out of his office, but he had an emergency patient just before me. So I was a little bit delayed getting in, but you could see he was busy. He was frantic, you know. And yeah. I thought, this guy's really busy, but he still took the time out of the next day to text me and uh, see how I was. I said, good morning, Wayne, the dentist here. I hope the new smile is holding together. Let me know if you have any concerns. Kind regards, Wayne. Uh, I thought that was really nice. Nice of him, isn't it? Yeah. He did this little test on my tooth just to make sure that it was uh, still alive, the, the nerve. And yeah. he just put this really ice cold pad on it. And I went, oh, and he goes, oh, yep, you're still working. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not nice when they've got a test to see if it hurts or not, eh? Hey? So yeah, that's right. It might hurt a little bit, but just try this little tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tinger through the room. Yeah, exactly. 
might be a I'd love to go back to the dentist actually because I still have a few other issues that need looking at, but I think I'm gonna to have to start yeah, mate, saving up. We've all got issues, mate. We've all got yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, here's the thing, though. Can you believe this? I'm not just saying this for the sake of a story, but I almost fell asleep in the dentist chair. It was such a, you know, it was such a painless process to go through. I was so comfortable. I actually almost dropped off. off. Yeah. That's a sign of age, mate. Start doing that. It's quite comfy here. I might just have a little kick. Yeah, exactly. No, so it was all good. Anyway, how have you been? You all good? Yeah, yeah, good. Been busy, just working and doing the usual shit. So yeah. you've been out track bashing for motorbikes uh, for the your, your motocross. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, we've got a big variety event coming up, so we've been out trying to open up a few of the old tracks we used to ride a long time ago and get them reopened again. Get you know, get a few bikes through them later on. But uh, today was obviously not really the day to do it, since it was pissing down and we got wet. <laughs> Mind you, it was only two of you that went up there to do it and the rest of them yeah. sort of wussed out. <laughs> and only the keen ones today, one else sort of decided they're going to stay home with their feet up on the couch. So Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, at least you guys got out and did it. It'll pay off in the long run, won't it? Yeah, it's going to be a good track. It's going to be a good track. But no, we went out in the boat the other day with the kids. That was one thing we've done. Mm. It was good. Went up the coast and we caught one fish because we weren't really trying that hard. So got one <laughs> fish and then... Went in and tucked in along the coast, found a little beach to go and have a swim. So that was perfect. Just a play day, really, just to go out in the boat and have a swim. Yeah, (laughs) plenty of those around the Coromandel, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you couldn't go around Deadman's Point because it was just too windy. Yeah, so we just tucked because of the easterly winds at the moment. Yeah, for sure, sure. And um, the kids all good? Yeah, yeah, good. Got in the water, had a swim, went and adventured. We swam ashore and went and did a bit of beach combing. It's always good fun. Oh, yeah. Back to s- oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Was it w- worth keeping? <laughs> oh, it's just a brought home, probably end up in the rubbish bin, I think. Oh, yeah. Are they back to school now? Yep, back to school. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they had three days, last four days. Yeah, three days last week was one of the days was a teacher-only day. So <laughs> Of course it was. Yeah, they, they stoked to be back, though. Yeah, talking to the kids, my daughter had her ninth birthday and um, went to Mega Air, you know, a big indoor trampoline park. Yeah. And it's great fight. I, I twisted my knee in there. I hyperextended it or something, doing some stupid <laughs> stupid commando roll. So, yeah, so you always get there and you go, I can I can do this, I can do this. And then you realize that you're actually older than you yeah. thought. Because, <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's those really long trampolines in there. And at the end of them, the trampoline sort of angles up so you can bounce off it. Yeah. I did that. I, I absolutely pelted it down one of these long ones and and then turned around and, Landed up against this this wall trampoline and pinged off it again. And because I pinged off it, I actually ended up starting to go a lot faster. And I started losing my balance. And to do that, I kind of did this commando roll onto my back. But then my legs flung over the top of me and hit the trampoline so hard, I actually did something to my knee. <laughs> the hobble so, off the tramp. Oh, I did. I had to sit there for a minute because it was almost like hurting your funny bone. You know where you're sitting there in pain, but you're laughing? <laughs> you did a walk of shame off the trampoline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, I like those long ones. We took the kids over the ones in Hamilton years ago, and uh, kids were all just bouncing around. Oh, I reckon I can do like a heap of like almost like flick flacks, you know, like back to back somersaults all yeah. the way down the thing. And I did it. I was like doing flip, flip, flip. Did about three or four in a row, 
And then had a big crash at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. That's more flips than I can do. Uh, yeah, righto. Well, we do have a guest on this episode a little bit later on today. It's a, the son of a family friend who's breaking into radio and is a very good musician. We will catch up with Corbin uh, very, very soon. But let's get into it. Two, three, four, five. Down the tools, up the mic. A guy, a radio guy. Two best mates chatting on the fly We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game One hits nails, and one nails hits We'll review good beers, and just shoot the sh** We're R&B, and Andy G And this is Tradio, Tradio Episode 12 We've got listeners in Russia now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Russia. that cool? Yeah. Oh, great. I haven't yeah. looked at the uh, statistics for a while, but um, we, yep, Russia has been added to the mix of worldwide listeners to Tradio. Sweet. Probably <laughs> enjoying a vodka while they listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we, we did question it because we, we have listeners in uh, Lithuania, Romania, uh, the UK, Canada, states all around the USA. And I remember you did say that it could potentially be expat Kiwis. You just never know. I mean, obviously the stats yeah, don't yeah. don't break it down that much. But No, no. There'd be, uh, I'd say there'd be quite a few Kiwis living overseas. Eh? They might have just found something on the you know, New Zealand, sort of <clears throat> along the lines of a New Zealand podcast. And yeah. Before it would be quite... Might, might get rid of a bit of the homesickness, you know? Yeah, yeah, a little taste of home. But then obviously <laughs> yeah, if, if yeah. it's not expat Kiwis, then um, it's great to have those countries, locals listening. Hopefully you enjoy it. You know, hopefully my sound's not too echoey for them because I've got a few issues with my sound at the moment. But. Yeah, so, you, so you, you did bring it up and, you know, we can hear the echo because you are sitting in the garage that you built. Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting out in the garage. So I've got to come up with some sort of design Andy's going to give me some tips I think and we're going to try yeah. and sort the problem out well this is it obviously um, your microphone plays a big part in that but the microphone isn't the cause of the echo it's the sound that's not getting into the microphone that's making its way around the room and then coming back into the microphone again maybe I'll just talk like this I'll just put my hands around it does it sound better, that's better. <laughs> that's, that's better straight away yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like getting, getting pretty close to the mic is a good start as well but have you got curtains in there there's a blind on the window. <laughs> yeah, probably won't do much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'll. Um, I might have to make up a frame like you suggested, eh, and put yeah, something well, even just up behind me. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, you're a, you're a tradie builder, so build a little wooden frame or something that you can actually hang duvets off, uh, so they go sort of they're behind you, they're over you, and they're in front of you as well. Yeah. Um, uh, sound damp. You're never going to soundproof it, but you can nah. sound dampen it. Um, it, it just just removing the echo, even like hanging, you know, pictures on the wall and having a, maybe a couch or a rug in your room. Or have you got carpet yep. in there, or is it just that industrial thin carpet? Yeah, it's more that industrial heavy duty thin stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the echo is not that bad. I reckon start just start cheap, build the frame, get the yeah. duvets, and hang them over you. The thing is, yeah. though, the only downer to that is that if you're still in crazy heat. <laughs> it's gonna Bad get very. It's gonna get. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna get very hot. So my suggestion is maybe if you uh, try uh, having a little fan in there as well, I've which got is mate. I've got one. You've got this. one. I don't know if you can see it. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, one of those little Ooh. USB ones. That's a five dollar yeah, yeah. job, isn't it? 
Yeah, a little, little cheapy. I got it because it was sat hot in here the other day. Eh? I was just cooking while I was doing my invoicing. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few of those around our house. They're brilliant. They just plug into your computer or whatever, and they just, they're actually very good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully the mic doesn't pick that up and then the airflow isn't moving across the mic as well. So get that a yeah. go first, man. And if the echo is still there, then we'll figure out some other ways to do it. And, I mean, even if it, even if it's just a case of um, – it, it depends how dedicated you are to wanting – to um, sound dampen your room for the podcast, you can always put curtain rails up along the uh, edges of your room and uh, yeah, yeah, that could work. Ha- hang some curtains. Might, that could work anyway because, you know, if I'm doing a bit of music stuff, yeah. you want to record a song or something, oh, you, you really yeah. want to have good sound. Absolutely. And having curtains on the walls as well, I don't think will affect the heat too much either because, you know, your heat's either going to come in through your door or through your window. Yeah. So um, having them on the wall shouldn't make the room too much hotter, but it'll make the sound a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I have that proper studio foam, not at the moment, because I'm in my walk-in wardrobe, and you can't really hear too much echo in here because I'm surrounded by hanging clothes, um, <laughs> which is just such a brilliant, natural way to have a little studio, I reckon. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I've got a pretty good microphone as well because I use this for all my voiceover stuff, which does help. But um, I've also got that studio foam, which actually sends the sound off in different directions and actually stops it coming back at you. Yeah. Uh, I've got bass traps as well, which are big triangular things. And, um, you know, they, they, they do a good job too. But it's also your mic technique as well, you know, your plosives, yeah. like your peas and your, you know. <laughs> yeah. so mic te- I mean, your mic technique's all good, so there's nothing to worry about there. I think just get that duvet up around you and you're all good to go. Yeah, yeah. Could make just like a little... Just a little thing to go around the microphone and just speak quietly in here like this. Well, you could. Sounds some really Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you suggest that. It's not a silly thing. But yeah, I do. Well, I was thinking about it. Yeah. Well, you can. You can actually get this little. You can get something that actually clips onto your mic stand and actually does sort of sit around the back of your microphone that you can talk directly into. There's lots of different things you can try. If you Google it, then you'll get lots of ideas. Mm. I wonder if having this thing at the back of the microphone would actually help a little bit at all. The pop shield. I don't know if that'll do too much. Because <laughs> see, that's the thing. That pop shield, you can talk through it, so your sound's going to move through it. Yeah, yeah. Keep it there, and we'll see how we go. Yeah, <laughs> keep it there, and we'll see how we go. I just can't see your beautiful face anymore. That's all right. Yeah, but this is this is the smooth sounds of R and B. This is uh, smooth jazz on radio. <laughs> the late night show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Love at Eleven with Oren. <laughs> love at Eleven. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Go and just try that for next next podcast. You've got two weeks and go. Yep. Story of the week. Remember how I said I bought a new phone in the last episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fast. And it's got four cameras, mate. It's got like a macro camera. It's got a, a wide angle camera, all this bloody hoo-ha, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> So good. It's amazing what they can fit into such a small space nowadays, over those cameras. It's just incredible. The next day, can you believe what happened? Oh, no. Really? I dropped it. I smashed the screen on my three-day-old cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. man. That's always the bloody way, isn't it? It is, man. Well, I bought a case for it, too, which um, only arrived like three days ago. Because it's now been... Now it's been... (laughs) Yeah. It's been... Almost two weeks since I dropped my phone. My case has now arrived, which is brilliant, but I am going to have to. Did I show you the crack on the screen? I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. You but get it actually... right in the corner, eh? That stuff. Oh, 
Big time. But that's the thing. It spreads all the way up the screen. So I've got these cracks all the way to the top. I think Such mine's a mirror, mine's a, mine's a, the same as yours if you can see it. But oh, right yeah. Corner, all the way up. Oh, there's a because oh, I, and I pinched that in the glove box in my car. Did you? I put it in the glove box and then closed the glove box and it just caught the edge of the camera, of the phone, and poof, cracked the whole screen. That's the most unconventional way to break a phone, mate. No, Every, everybody drops theirs, but Oren fucking traps his in his glove box. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge it in the glove box, yeah. And it, oh, and I'll tell you what, mine was like that. I was probably, I think the phone was about three months old, three or four months. Mm. It was fairly new. Yeah, it's always the way. Eh? I'll be all right. Chuck it in the glove box and yeah. whoops. <laughs> but that's the thing. It always happens in the most stupid ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Got it. Because um, I went on to our local community Facebook page. I mean, I think every town has one of those now. But they're so handy. Like, there's always someone that knows something that can help you out of a predicament. Anyway, I put it put it up there. Look, I've cracked my phone screen. Is there anyone local that can fix it? And just inundated within about two minutes of the same business, which is next oh, to yeah. our next to our local supermarket. And uh, apparently that guy's really good. So it's going to be about 80 bucks, I think, to get my screen refixed. I, I think it's worth it because the crack does have gaps in it, which means it may be sharp. Yeah, plus <laughs> moisture can get in two way and it'll slowly decay your phone. Oh, just my luck, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just I think I keep thinking about getting mine done, but it's like it's always it's already starting to slow down. You know, it's probably it's a couple of years old now. Yeah, and uh, it's been but it's sort of older technology now anyway. I think so. I'm probably nearly due for a new phone, so I'll just keep it till it craps itself now and get a new one. <laughs> yeah, well, my one was only three hundred bucks. Was it two hundred and ninety nine dollars from Noel Lehman? Samsung Galaxy A twelve. Uh, bloody good. It's great. It's yeah. got those. I, I mean, I better get a commission for this, but. You know, it's got the four cameras on the back. It's got like the wide angle, the standard camera, the portrait camera. It's got the macro camera. Yeah, they've got that much stuff. It's amazing what they can fit into them, eh? Oh, mate. It's just insane. How do they do it? Yeah, I know. It's insane. But anyway, long live this phone. Now, hopefully, I don't break it again. <laughs> <laughs> Lean over and it'll fall out of your pocket into the drink. Yeah. My, my uncle did that with one of his phones. He was out fishing with dad. And they just got back to the wharf and they were tying up to the wharf and he had it, must have it in his top shirt pocket. Yeah, and he leaned over to tie the rope on the side of the boat, and bloop, <laughs> <laughs> and into the oh. in his phone. Oops! Oh, that's the end of that. Yeah, that's it. And when you're looking, you can you can probably see the phone just disappearing into the darkness. Yeah, yeah, down oh. to the bottom. Ah, oh, damn it! I oh, got. Yeah, I bet that. I mean, you got a couple of fishing rods down in the depths as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Will... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was my sister who caused that. Oh, it was your sister. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think it was. Yeah, I didn't well, think yeah. it was you. No, it was actually. It was a prize. I won a prize in a fishing contest, and it was a really nice rod and reel set. And I'd only had it for a little while. And my sister came over from Australia, and she wanted to go and catch a snapper. So we took her up to the mussel farms, and uh, we were fishing by the barge, and there were fish everywhere. And everyone in the boats was catching heaps of big fish. And I said to my sister, because she got all excited and started taking photos of all the boats and the fish people were bringing in. Mm. And I said to her, for God's sake, don't put that that uh, rod down on the side of the boat. And seconds later, I turn around and it's leaning on, it's just not even in the rod or just leaning on the side of the boat. And she's busy taking a photo because the guy next to us was bringing in this big fish. And as I went to say, grab your rod, it went floop, straight <laughs> over the side. <laughs> What likely because a fish got the oh, got the hook? Yeah, big fish, big fish grabbed it and took off with it and just ripped it straight over the side of the boat. Oh no. 
and my sister was like, oops. And I was like, oh, that's the end of your fishing for the day. <laughs> yeah. No more fishing rods for you. Yeah. I did get a new fishing rod and reel out of it, though, to her defense. Oh, okay. Back, when we got back, she went and uh, went to the local fishing shop and brought me a, a new bait runner and a rod. <laughs> oh, good on her, man. Good on her. Yeah, yeah. What's the temperature been like up your way lately? It's hot as Hades. It's like sitting on the face <laughs> of the sun at the moment, eh? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit like that. Eh? We've had the Norwesters blowing through Christchurch, so we've had like 26-degree nights. That's unheard. I've never heard of that kind of thing before. Yeah, it's crazy. Eh? We're getting 21 degrees at night, but the humidity, eh? that's the killer. Mm. It just won't go away. The weather is so different between Canterbury and the Coromandel, though. I mean, you get, get that humidity, but we just don't We don't get that down here. We just get We just get that dry heat. But here's the thing, though, we've had a week of, you know, great weather. It's my favourite time of year. Love the summer. But I had to laugh when I heard this in the news, that on the 2nd of the 2nd, 22, at 2.22pm, it was 22.2 degrees in Tūrangi. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? What are, the, what are the chances of that? I know. 2nd of the 2nd, 22, 2.22pm. 22.2 degrees in Tūrangi. Shame it wasn't a Tuesday, but the, the the 22nd of the second 22 is a Tuesday. It's very satisfying. <laughs> got to say it, it's a lot of ruas. It's a lot of ruas. Weather, though, has been <laughs> it's been so warm, though, that I've been able, when I, when I, because we were talking about my home brew, and the weather has been so warm, it was just absolutely perfect to just leave it brewing in my dining room. I didn't need yeah. to put it in the, um, you know, the linen cupboard, the hot water yeah, yeah. cupboard to, um, to actually brew because I had to keep it at, you know, between 22 and 24 degrees and actually it was perfect in the dining room to do that. And yeah, well, um, my, uh, my six pack you sent up for me that you mentioned on the last podcast, that's been sitting in the lounge for, for the last week. Mm. So uh, I think that it's well and truly brewed by now. The temperature yeah. that's been there for, <laughs> and the worst thing is my wife got us a kitten, so we've got a kitten at home now. Yes, so I understand. And we can't have the doors open because it's, it's not quite had its vaccinations and not been neutered yet, so it can't really go outside. Oh, so most of the time we've got the, just a little crack in the door, you know, just enough a little bit of a breeze in. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it's five or six degrees hotter in the house than it is outside. Oh, eh? we need to get air conditioning. <laughs> So yeah, hot as hell. Oh, I can terrible. imagine, man. Because that, I mean, if you leave the door open too much or a window, the cat's out. Yeah, yeah. the cat is out. So you're talking about the brew, like I say, I mentioned to you just to keep it out of the fridge. Because it's basically, it's not about brewing anymore. Once it's bottled, it's not brewing anymore. But what it's going to do is uh, develop a smoother taste. Yeah. Um, and chilling, obviously, is just what you do when you're about to drink it. So you put it in the fridge, eh? Hey? You chilled it last yep. night. Yeah, because I I very much believe it's ready to go, and I think we should try some. Uh, we should yep. we should crack a bottle. There, there's a little bit of sediment in the bottle um, in the bottom, yep. and that's what you expect. But it's it's harmless. Yeah, yeah. I'll go and grab one, and I'll put it in my. You do that. Glass. Yeah, you got a Stella Artois glass, and I've got a Steinlager glass. Bit of a bit of a plug. Yeah, because the sediment in the bottom, if you wanted a hate, because this is a pilsner, if you wanted a hazy pilsner, then just, just give it a shake. Yeah, give it a little <laughs> shake and pour it all in. Oh, make you feel seasick eating that stuff. <laughs> Go the stuff that buys me beer. Ray, the guy that brings me beer. Me, the guy. 
who drinks the beer far the distance to the beer. So I think I'll have a beer. La 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 beer. Tea, no thanks, I'm drinking beer. And that brings me back to dope. So oh, did that that, that, was that was Homer Simpson special, that one. So the yeah, it's got a nice little hiss to it. It's quite frothy, so make sure the glass is really angled. Look at that. Pouring nicely. So I think after about the first three or four mouthfuls, it's actually going to taste a lot smoother. Your first doesn't your first mouthful is probably going to be very home brew like. But it, it's it's come out quite well. How does it smell? Cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Here we go. Yeah, that's good. Got a bit of kick to it, eh? Yeah, yeah. Quite like good, I said, smooth. Yeah, it'll taste a lot smoother as you sort of as you keep going with it. But at least it's it's not infected and it's actually worked. Yeah, looks like a good brew. Mm. Tastes nice, pretty good too. Nice and clear, eh? Nice and cold. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, that's a success then, eh? Mm. I love that. Though. I'm still drinking it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though because um, Chris Birch's wife, and we've we've talked about Chris before, motorcycling superstar. He's been on the uh, podcast, but Monica and her, their daughter were down here because Chris was teaching a few weeks ago, and because she was heading back up your way, I said I'll take Oren a six pack uh, so we can give it a try, and uh, it's quite cool that you've got it. I, I think it's yep. worked out perfectly that we've been able to try that at the same time on the podcast. Yeah, um, I did yeah, say to Monica. I did say to Monica she should um, dial in and try it with us because I gave her a six-pack as well, but uh, she hasn't done that. And I haven't heard from her, but that's okay. That's all right. Oh, I think, uh, to be honest, I think it um, might be their daughter's birthday. Yeah, well, this this is fine, yeah. But what, mm-hmm. she, what she said to me was she was like, sweet, let's do it. I'll be in the throes of Zoe's birthday excitement, so we'll need a beer. Um, But maybe she's just getting too excited Because you know what Monica's like, mate Yep (laughs) I was actually with Chris today And we did a little bit of track clearing And he actually said to me He goes, I've never seen someone Who gets so excited about birthdays Yeah, I think it's great I think, yeah, he said I think Monica, she really wanted two kids So she puts twice the effort into Zoe's birthday Yeah Yeah. Good on it. The thing is, I feel really bad for Monica, though, because she had her 40th all planned out for last year. It was going to be a fantastic shindig. We were going to do like a touring bus around Auckland. We were going to have a great time. But unfortunately, COVID came and shat all over it. And I felt really bad for her. You know, I thought it would have been a great catch up with everyone. Oh, mate. I was was fizzing at the bun for that one. eh? I was so looking forward to that. Mm. Stay stay away, get rid of the kids for the weekend, stay in Auckland. Mm. Uh, go, on a, go on a party bus Have a good yeah. time It was going to be awesome But yep. wasn't to be Unfortunately But No right. Unfortunately not Trading. I might have to just go Grab another couple of beers In a minute though I'm on a roll now <laughs> Yeah I'm this, They're quite strong Did you measure the alcohol content? Well 4.5% Is what my little measure showed me So it's not a crazy But it does It definitely Definitely has a bit of a kick to it, eh? I wonder if it's maybe yeah. a little bit, little bit more than what it said. Um, that's one and a one and a half ish, and you're more and more you're like, oh, can actually feel it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good though. Eh? It's smooth, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's actually got quite a nice flavour to it as well. Yeah, it really Almost does. Like a, like a proper crafty beer flavour, eh? 
Yeah. So, I was listening to our last podcast and I was out driving last week and I just, the irony of this moment, um, I was on uh, State Highway 75 driving into the city uh, in my truck and I was listening to our last episode where I was talking about the homebrew and the fact that it was now bottled and waiting for us to try. And no word of a lie, I, I put my hand on my heart and I swear on everyone's lives that this car in front of me pulled out from a side from the um, from the slipway, if you like, and that number plate was H-M-B-R-E-W. I am <laughs> not lying. Homebrew was the number plate. And we I was what listening the to the I was listening to the homebrew segment on our last podcast episode. I just I was just like meant to be, eh? It was meant to be. I was like, is anyone videoing this right now? <laughs> you know You're being punked. You're being punked right now, mate. Honestly, mate, I was just like, what are the chances of that? Listening to the very segment on our show and someone with a homebrew number plate pulls out into the motorway in front of me. Yeah, yeah, shit, you all the chances of that. <laughs> Just insane. I, I, I was like, if I tell this story on this podcast, no one's going to believe me. They're going to think I made it up. <laughs> honestly, man, hand on heart, it actually happened. I was just like, you couldn't even write that stuff. There's some freaking good license plates out there, though, these days, eh? Yeah, but they're expensive, man. Yeah, they are. Shit, yeah. So expensive now. I've actually, um, uh, my number plates, when I bought them, just clocked. 2005 18 years ago i bought my number plates yeah yeah. and they were 600 dollars back then and they were like the full blown ones with the writing at the top and the bottom the personalized plate and a red surround but now they're like a thousand dollars shit probably starting to run out of ideas are they so (laughs) 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 yeah well that's it you need to win lotto to buy one yeah uh, talking about that how's this for a bit gutting Strike, which is, you know, another lotto game that you can play where you just have to get four numbers in a row. It was worth $200,000 just uh, less than two weeks ago. Can you believe that 61 people won it? I know. What are the chances of that happening? I know, but how would you feel if you were like, oh, my God, I've won 200 grand, only to find that 60 other people won and you just get three grand? (laughs) <laughs> I tell you, that'd be the sort of luck I'd have, mate. I'd be like, yes, I finally won Lotto, and so did a hundred other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like $3,000 each that they get out of that. So I would have been absolutely gutted. Absolutely gutted. It would be. Anyway, three grand's better than nothing, but still, if you thought you'd won. Sure, it wasn't hundred... a stitch up. Oh, I don't know. But that is that just insane how many people got the same numbers? That's a glitch in the matrix, I think. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> like maybe they had a problem at the printing press or something and it printed the same number out on every bloody strike ticket. Well, it's a bit <laughs> dodgy if you ask me, mate, because Lotto at the moment is actually not being done live on TV because of COVID. It's all done off air with an official adjudicator, I might add, but just how official is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing I was, one thing I was going to add to the homebrew thing that you were talking about before, I wrote it down here. I was going to say that years ago when we were young fellas, we used to go and pinch a little bit of home brew every now and then for my granddad's house because he used to be a mad keen home brewer. And around the back of his shed, he used to stick it under like a lean-to outside. Yeah. And there'd be 20 crates of beer, big big bottles out there all the time. They're they're just always stacked there, heaps of them. And uh, me and my cousin, we used to – as young fellas, we used to sneak around there on, on the weekend and get a few pinch a few bottles out of his stash. 
And I'll tell you what, mate, it was so funny over the years. Eh? It was it was like playing Russian roulette. Because you never knew what you were going to get. You just went and pinched a couple of bottles and took them away. Sometimes you'd get a real good one. Other times you'd get a shit one or you'd get a stout or something that's, you know, horrible. Or an, or an 18%er. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something real grundy make you skew. But, uh, I just remember those days. It was hard case, man. Jeez, yeah, that's... He used to drink. He used to drink stout with raspberry juice. He used to make his own stouts and then mix raspberry juice with it and, and drink it. And to be honest, it was actually quite nice. Well, people do that with Guinness. Put raspberry juice in Guinness. I think it would go quite nicely. Yeah, but, yeah I don't know. I like, quite like my Guinness. Eh? I wouldn't want to ruin it by putting anything else in it. So I only have it on St. Patrick's Day. I kind of leave it to that day. I remember you and I having a um, St. Patrick's Day. We had some Guinness. And That's right. There was a few. five or thirty of other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time now to introduce our first guest for 2022. We've had guests on Tradio since we started last year. Now into episode 12, we've had guests from all walks of life, and they've all been fantastic. And I'm sure this young lad will be as well. He's the son of a couple of good friends of mine and my wife's. Daryl and Ange, who we used to spend a lot of time with uh, in our days down in in Vicargill. Uh, They were, in fact, the godparents of my oldest daughter, Ashlyn. So, Corbin, last time I saw him, he was knee-high to a grasshopper. But great to see that he's doing good things now. In fact, he's got a lot in common with Oren and I being a musician himself, which we'll touch on shortly. And he's just shifted into Christchurch as well to start a degree in radio. Let's introduce him on to Tradio right now. Our first guest for 2022, Corbin. Hey, mate, how you doing? I'm all right, brother. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Excellent. This is Oren, by the way, my best mate, and this is Corbin. Hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, good. Just sort of settling into the big city life, I guess. Yeah, welcome to Christchurch, mate. Parking is shit, eh? Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. I've never seen something so shit in my life, eh? But um, yeah. no, I'm semi-sorted. So you're living right opposite the place that you're going to be studying radio, yeah? So you're right across the road. Yeah, walking distance, which is great. Yeah, primo. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, that's lucky. Corbin, look, there's a lot that you have in common with us, uh, which is why you'd fit perfectly onto this podcast. Obviously, you're a muso, which we'll get to very shortly, but you're about to start a degree in radio broadcasting. Is that that's what the course is called, eh? Yeah, Bachelor of uh, Broadcasting Communications. That's the one, yeah. So uh, let's talk a bit about the history and, you know, how you sort of developed your love for it because, I mean, your father and I used to work together at uh, Southland's 89.2 More FM many, many years ago. Uh, was was your dad your inspiration to get into it or was it me? Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> that would have to be, uh, yeah, probably just watching dad go through all the stages and that, which is, as you said, years ago now. Because he was there when it was Fovo FM, right? He was there. That's how old he is, Andy. Yeah, jeepers. He must be pushing 60 now. If not more. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Okay, mate. So you you actually did get yourself a bit of a gig on more FM too. How have you found sort of breaking into the radio game before you actually started your course? Yeah, it's pretty – it's amazing to see how much stuff there actually is to learn. Like obviously I started in community radio for a bit and then – uh, Maury Femme gave me the, the chance to snap up a wee gig with them and I was doing a um, breakfast show on a Saturday and then I moved to a, a day show on a Saturday and um, it was really just like, wow, there's so much mm. to learn here and that's obviously why I'm doing the course, just to get all that extra extra goss, extra information. Quite nerve-wracking when you first sort of you know, get on air and you're doing your first shows and 
You know, do you think, oh, yeah, geez, uh, hit the big time? <laughs> yeah, as soon as you push that button, it's sort of all the stutters start coming out and I'm stuttering away. But um, I don't know, it sort of comes more naturally now, that's for sure. Yeah, everyone's yeah. got to, everyone's got to start somewhere, mate. That's, that's firmly my thing. But um, it's really great to see you sort of taking over where your dad left off in a way. I think it's really quite neat to see it moving uh, down the generations. Mm. But you were on Radio Southland, which is where your dad still is, so he still dabbles in radio. Would you, I mean, is it easy to compare Radio Southland to More FM, which is more of a commercial station? I mean, was it good to sort of find your feet in a in a station like Radio Southland? Yeah, obviously that gave me the, the sort of um, foundations, I guess, of how you set out a radio show and how you do this and how you program wee bits and pieces and how you use your voice in that. Um, so I guess mm. that's where all that came from. And um, then obviously moving into the commercial world, things are a bit more strict and you have to follow a few more guidelines and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, no, definitely without Radio South, then it wouldn't have, um, that shift wouldn't have got me anywhere compared to where I am now sort of thing. What kind of preparation did you have to do for the show that you had on there, which was called The Drift? Uh, did you have to do a fair bit for that? Yeah, there was a fair bit went into it. Obviously, uh, you had to choose your music and that each week. There was a bit of freedom with what you chose. Oh, and, really? And, um, yeah, it was great. Completely anything I wanted. So it was just sort of my favourites, all the sort of pub classic stuff. <laughs> that's that's bloody awesome, mate, because you ain't got a yeah, fucking cool. shit shot in doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, not now. I'm, the, I'm in too deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do as you're told. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The music's chosen for you now. But yeah. that's all good, man. So this course of yours is two years. And um, are you guaranteed a intern placement at the end of that two years? Yes, after two years, obviously a six-month internship, which is, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll end up something pretty exciting for that. But um, that's the aim anyway, get through these first two years and then do the internship and after that hopefully land a gig full-time. Yeah, I don't know what your choices will be, but if you do get the opportunity to go to the Coromandel Peninsula, I would suggest that. I know a lot of the students who do that course like to aim for the big metro markets, which is fine. I mean, if they score a gig in the metro markets, then more power to them. But the Coromandel Peninsula, and I'm a big you know, I'm a big advocate for it. It's just, it's a bit of everything and you really get your teeth stuck into, you know, promotions, news writing, uh, creative writing, on air. You know, you get involved in so much stuff in that little market. I think that's the best place to go. That's just my recommendation to you, but you do and, what you like. Yeah, and, and the best and the best fishing too. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> absolutely, mate. The best fishing. Ends up here, I'll take your fishing. <laughs> it's a bit better than bluff if I'm honest Mike, you don't get I suppose you don't get the greatest oysters in the Coromandel though, do you Oh um, well, no the Pacific Rock oysters around here are pretty damn good at the moment They're pretty damn good oh, big too. <laughs> yeah, oh that's good. all good man so when does your course actually start Corps? Uh next Monday the 14th so oh. it's not too far away so you've still got a week before you start I know yeah I'll sort of I'll find my way around Christchurch a little bit and figure out where the good pubs are yeah, there's a few. Just um, avoid Manchester Street, especially after 7 p.m., unless you yeah, want a bit of female company. I've been a couple of nights, been checking things out, making sure things are okay on the streets. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so the course itself, I mean, what, where are you looking to get into in the side of radio? I know it's, it might be a stupid question, but there's people obviously who don't know you and what you want to do. Is it on air? Do you want to do behind the scenes? Do you want to do programming? What, what's your ultimate goal? Yeah, for me, it's um, I've sort of always had that dream of being on network radio, so nationwide on air. Um, that's always been the the big goal. So hopefully, one day, you know, however many years that may be, I'll get to tick that off. Be the superb thing. Yeah, primo. Well, that's the thing though. You've already got your foot in the door, haven't you? Having worked on more FM Southland, so having been given the green light to do that, you're already in front of the big bosses who could help you uh, achieve that goal too. Yeah, exactly. There's some amazing people behind the scenes here that uh, seem to be helping out a lot, so it'd be good to stay on their good side, that's for sure. Are you going to score some on-air work yeah. in Christchurch? Are you going to try to? Um, I've, I've booked a show in, actually. Oh, you have? Um, 
Yes, I'm doing Sundays, 7 to midnight, while I'm up here with more. Fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, cool. Awesome, eh? Holy shit, yeah, that's cool. mental. That's so good. Uh, more power to you, brother, because I've tried getting a shift and I've had no chance. Stucking <laughs> <laughs> up to the right people, Andy. Yeah, I know, brother, but that's, I'm bloody happy for you, man. That's such a good gig to have, especially in Canterbury. Is it just going to be in Canterbury or is that the network 7 till midnight? No, no, just in Canterbury. Oh, cool, man. That's yeah. the thing, eh? I mean, I know you want to get on the network eventually, but I think starting with that local angle, that local radio is the best way to yeah. go, I think, eh? Because it's more, more personal. Oh, that's yeah, so yeah, good. Let's right, yeah. talk get about more ear time too, I suppose, does it? So you can get your, get, get a bit more practice in and, you know, yeah, so exactly. you're ready, ready to go nationwide. <laughs> yeah, that would be the aim. Get these couple of years under my belt on this uh, local show and then your, your apprenticeship. learn a lot about Christchurch too. Mm, absolutely. So anyway, another thing that you've got in common with us is yeah, we're both musos and Oren and I, when we were when I was still living up in the Coromandel, we always used to get together and have jam sessions and we never quite achieved our goal of performing, but you're a muso as well. You're a drummer by trade. <laughs> by trade, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got the qualification. <laughs> yeah, nice. What's, what's, what is your band going to do without you? Because you had to leave the band. I did. It was a, bit of a bloody hard moment, actually, even to say goodbye to those guys after, you know, playing together every couple of weekends and that. But um, now they found a replacement drummer and he's told me he's just keeping my seat warm until uh, one day I'll get back on and play again, hopefully. All right. So it's not, it's not the end of it forever then? Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. What kind of music were you guys playing? Just the usual, right? just all your, all your pub stuff that everyone loves to hear, all the, you know, bits of um, CCR, that sort of stuff, all the yeah, Fleetwood yeah. Mac stuff. Fleetwood Mac, yeah, that would be quite good, wouldn't it? I mean, because you can go pretty mad on the drums with their stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> McFleetwood. Oh, unreal. <laughs> He's a bit of an animal. I think Animal yeah, from yeah. the Muppets was based on him, wasn't it? Yeah, was it? <laughs> I think it may have been. Potentially, bit of useless information. Oh, that's so cool, dude! I'm really excited for you. Um, so you sort of had a chance to get around Christchurch, never we look around the place yet? Yeah, I've been obviously Manchester Street. Um, (laughs) I know my bearings roughly from where I'm sort of staying and where I'm going to study and that sort of stuff. And I found the supermarkets and the the bottle store. Yeah, that sort of stuff out. (laughs) Yeah, very yeah. good. Now, you've got a bit of a history on uh, four wheels on a racetrack. Are you still doing a lot of that karting? No, nah, we threw we threw the karting in a few years back, actually. We uh, sold up all the gear, and that just decided it was uh, getting a bit political and it was becoming uh, all money-hungry, so we sold up all the gear and, um, yeah, never really looked back since. Oh, wow, I didn't realise that. Is it track karting or dirt, dirt track? On the Tarsiel, on the track. Tarsiel, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's was... an expensive eh? It's just... Next level, you had to have the best of the best, so you're just not competitive. Yeah. It was pretty hard case. Uh, I remember when I was down there, I took part in a media challenge. Corbin, you must have been about three foot tall. I don't know if you remember. We did a media challenge where a lot of people from local radio stations and newspaper outlets all got together to race. And I think there was like <laughs> eight, eight of us. And it just came down to the wire between me and the promotions manager for ZM at the time, Mark Whaley. And we were just, I was in the front most of the time, and I think I cooked it on a corner <laughs> in the last lap and Mark beat me. It was just so insane. And I mean, even though that was all just a bit of fun, I sort of got a real feel for the competitive nature of that sport. Were you guys sort of a bit, I don't know, were you sort of sad to see the back of it or did you, were you actually quite comfortable with your decision to pack it in? Yeah, end of the day, Dad said to um, both my brother and myself, you know, this is your call. If you want out, you get out. If you want to stay in, I'll support you the whole way sort of thing. And mm. um, it actually came into us. I was probably maybe 11 at the time and yep. um, I said no nah, I just I just can't do it it's just yeah it's just too much drama too much bullshit behind the scenes really mm. yeah it sounds like a lot of motorsport I do a lot of like used to do a lot of enduro riding and racing dirt bikes in New Zealand 
And that's exactly the reason I sort of stopped racing as well because a lot of the companies that were controlling what was actually going on in the races, it just got to the point of it just being ridiculous. It was just bullshit. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I got out as well. Mind you, your dad and you have got behind the microphone at local Speedway Mates, though. How's that been for you? <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously two Speedway tracks back home in Invers, and um, I was sort of in, in control of the mic at one of them, and he's in control at the other one. He seems to be kicking my ass at the moment, though. He's got a uh, <laughs> national award for his commentary, and... Um, no, I'll chase him. I'll be there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Oh, yeah, because I know he was just vying for that for years and years and finally got it, and it was it was such a such a special moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like three years in a row he was a finalist, and then, uh, yeah, he finally cracked the code. And it was actually the year uh, that he didn't go to the awards. He had been to the awards another year oh. beforehand and missed out, and he didn't go, and he won it. And then, uh, <laughs> last year, he went to the awards and he was a finalist and yeah, didn't get it. So obviously, he just needs to stay away, I think, is the uh, lucky charm. <laughs> yeah. I know that you and your family, obviously, are very close to each other, uh, including your siblings as well. I mean, how did they feel when you left the big, wide world of Invers to hit the bigger, wide world of Christchurch? Uh, they're, they're pretty emotional, actually. It was good to see. Um, obviously, I caught up with Dad before he went away for a few nights, and that's, that was quite emotional. And uh, my brother and mum and my stepdad came up to Christchurch and, uh, and sent me off from up here. So it was good to have them up here and... Um, caught up with my sister earlier in the week, but they were all, yeah, very emotional. I thought it wasn't very well liked, but uh, that's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were just making sure that you were gone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Making sure I'm not following behind back on the way back home. Yeah. Well, that's. I think the, be- the benefit of Christchurch is it's, what, six, seven hours away from Invercargill, so it's not a crazy long distance, yeah, exactly. is it? But that's, that's what makes it unique. I loved Invercargill spending that time. I, I think I was only there for about two and a half years, but it felt like ten. It was, uh, yeah, it was insane. I've got to say, one of the things I miss the most, and I'm sure you'll have memories of this, Corbin, is the parties that we used to have at your, at your dad's place <laughs> many years ago. Oh, actually, uh, recently, Andy, I was going through um, some old photos and that sort of stuff, and oh, I actually shit. found on your YouTube channel. Oh, and yeah. A video there of a certain Daryl Shuttleworth, a little bit untidy on one uh, certain New Year's Eve. He was a bit thirsty for some cooking oil, if I remember right. Yeah, that's right. He started, yeah. <laughs> he was so He was so fucked, he started shooting cooking oil, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I forgot that was up there. Uh, Daryl, if you're listening, if you want that video removed, please let me know. <laughs> you know you're yeah. cooked when you start doing things like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think the old shaving foam came out that night too. Did he lose an eyebrow? I think he lost an eyebrow, didn't he? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a brutal place when you're at Daryl Shuttleworth's house, that's for sure. Mind you, your dad, your dad doesn't drink that much anymore, though, does he? See, he's not drinking as much now. He gets pretty untidy when he does drink. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, actually, I need to crack another. How's the home brew going, Oren? It's all right, eh? Hey? It's good. I'll have to go get another one in a minute. He's down it. a bit. It was just in the previous episode, Corbin, we were talking about my home brew and how I've had a few fails in the past and where some of the bottles have been full of this mold. So that was explosive. And explosive <laughs> too, yeah. I've I've had bottles explode with shards of glass going through the drywall, you know, in the kitchen and that. And oh, sure. yeah, it wasn't wasn't a flash look. But um actually no, because you're in Christchurch now, mate, I think we should get you over for a couple of the home brews. What do you reckon? Hundred percent. How, how long does it take to brew? Well, it's it's been. When did I do it? I put it down about a month ago. So yeah, you got to leave it until it stops um, the yeast and the sugar stop re- stop reacting. Then once yeah. it once it stopped reacting, you leave it for two days, and then you bottle it because you don't want it to keep brewing in the bottle. Otherwise, you're going to have explosions. But yeah, what you do is once you've 
yeah, once you've bottled it, then you put a carbonation drop into each bottle, put the cap on, and then you just uh, lock it away for two weeks, just somewhere warm and dark. And then uh, when you're ready to drink it, you can just put it in the fridge. It's a nice colour. Yeah, it's a nice colour. Nice and I think nice I accidentally got a little bit of sediment in that one, but well, that's right, mate. It's not going to kill you. That's how you get your hazy pale ales, mate. You having a couple of quiets yourself, Corbin, tonight? I am actually. I've got a, a couple of summits here in my uh, in my room at my student accommodation. I've actually run in the wee tubbergate at night. Stubby call. <laughs> oh, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Great movie. Great Ricky movie. Bobby. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So d- talk to us about your accommodation, mate. I mean, we can see a little bit of it. Is it, is it okay? Is it subpar or is it any good? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's very good, actually. It's um, Unfortunately, we, we cook our own meals in there. Um, it's not, oh, not a catered option, but um, there's five of us on, on the level in this flat. And uh, no, the room's got everything I need. It's got a bed, and that's what I need for sleeping and somewhere to put my clothes. That's all I really need. So are you sort of staying in a accommodation block with other people on your course, or is it just students from Utter who are doing different things? Yeah, just students from Utter, really. Um, I think in my room, I've, uh, my flat, sorry, I've got um, a couple of guys doing engineering. There's a couple of girls doing nutrition, um, an outdoor education, uh, one of the girls are studying. So, uh, yeah, real mix, which is, which is good. We're all sort of talking about different things in there. Yeah. Well, maybe you should eventually talk the nutritionists into cooking for you. <laughs> mm. I actually did her Instagram page. Uh, she does like a food Instagram page, and it's not bad. It's not bad at oh, all. You've already started stalking yeah. them, eh? What's going on here, mate? You're yeah, looking yeah, for it. Right. Hey, keep an ear on that one. <laughs> oh, <watch it> <laughs> have, you actually, have you actually managed to catch up with anyone that's doing your course yet? Um, no, I haven't really. Um, I caught up with actually an ex-student the day I moved in, um, mm-hmm. was dropping her sister off. She's going uh, into the flat next door. Um, so I caught up with a student that studied at the radio school a few years ago and you wish me luck in that, so it was cool to catch up with him, that's for sure. Well, that's the thing, because on that course, you actually get to design and build and run your own radio station, which I think is pretty cool. And, you know, it does actually broadcast out to Canterbury, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you can do. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to coming up with something. I don't know what we'll pitch. I think that's the end of this year we get to pitch that. So Yeah. Uh, well, go back to what I was saying. Uh, if you get the chance to pick the Coromandel Peninsula as your internship placement at the end of your second year, what I forgot to add to that was that every single one of my interns have gone on to get jobs in pretty high places. It's a good omen if you want to yeah, get somewhere. Have you actually had anything to do with Amy Tempero in Auckland? No, I haven't. I've emailed Amy a couple of times, but haven't had much to do with her. Yeah, she was my intern. She's now the 2IC of More FM. You know, she's pretty, 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 really? pretty big deal. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, quite a few of my interns. Jake Danson. Jake Danson, yeah, he's doing good things, eh? Actually, he'll be a good guest to get on. We'll have to get him on as well. Oh, you, as long as you've got three or four hours spare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. You'd know Jake because he ended up in the in, in the cargo, didn't he? He was working at MediaWorks for a bit. He did. Me and Jake had beef, though, because we get pies every Friday at the office. And um, these pies would come in, and next thing I noticed, we kept a couple of pies for the staff, and the rest of them went out to, you know, the winner at the workplace. And Jake kept eating all the pies. <laughs> yeah. Four times a day, he had a pie, and I was sick of it. He's is he quite a big. Is he quite a big lad? Does he like his pies? He's not a big lad. No, <laughs> just likes his pies. <laughs> just likes his pies. He's a character, that boy. He's a thief as well, by the sounds of it. A comedian. I didn't know that. He is a comedian. He's done some stand-up, but I can't find any videos, and I, I wonder why he doesn't post them online. He told me he went to the uh, South Island stand-up champs or something. It was. And he was actually third, which means he's like the third funniest person in the South Island. But it turns out I'm pretty sure there was only three of them in the competition. So he told me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just a shit yarn. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. That's interesting. Because where is he now? He's in um, 
I think he's in Palmerston North now, isn't he? I think that's where he yeah, went. Like that, I think. Yeah. He was in Dunedin for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, he's someone we should book on as a guest. I think he'll be fantastic. Well, Corbin, look, mate, good catch up. Uh, we'll leave you to it. But uh, yeah, I thought it'd be really cool to catch up with you before you start your course. It might be cool again to catch up with you maybe a few months into it and see how you're going. I actually was very interested in looking at um, taking on a teaching job at Utter for that particular course that you're going to do. But I'm going to keep pursuing that. I'm quite keen to sort of look into it. Yeah, go on. That'd be great. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. Andy's my teacher. I know. I can access the computer system and just give you straight A's, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's any job you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look real good. All right, look, yeah, you don't yeah. want to learn from me, mate. You'll just be full of bad habits by the time you leave. Good <laughs> <laughs> habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Growing yeah. out of my uh, student accommodation. Well, yeah, well, I can I can teach you how to do that. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah a, I'm a I'm a bit calmer these days, mate. I'm a dad yeah. of three, you know. When, he, when I first met Andy, uh, we had a few uh, nights out that were very hard to remember by the end of them. <laughs> but towards the end of before, just before he left, I think we both started to realise that we needed to slow down the drinking a little bit. <laughs> it's getting a bit out of hand. And it's like, yeah, hang yeah. on, man, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now he's brewing his own piss instead. Now I'm brewing my own. <laughs> but that's the thing, it costs like fifty dollars to brew a batch and you get sixty, you know, you get five dozen out of it. You know, it's it's a bit of a money saving. So yeah, it's it's all good. And it yeah. fucking worked for a change. Yeah, it actually yeah. worked quite well. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked on. Actually, Oren was talking about the first time we met. Did your dad, um, Corbin, ever tell you the first time him and I met? No. I'm guessing he's kept this quiet for a reason, has he? Well, yeah, it's not it's not really anything to be um, embarrassed about, to be fair, but it does involve drinking. Um, <laughs> Surprise, common thing, It was, it was in thing. 2006 that I was appointed as the new drive host on 89.2 More FM, the 2 to 7 show. And it was a Saturday morning because your dad used to do Saturday breakfast. Mm. And as part of my contract, I'd been there, I'd had my first week. And part of my contract was to do the 10 till 2 show on More FM on a Saturday. Anyway, I'd been out on the chop on the Friday night with the production engineer, Ray, and we had a very big night. But I thought, well, fuck, I've got to go to work in the morning. So I just went and slept in my office underneath the desk. <laughs> and um, I think your, your dad had spotted my car there, but it was like five to ten. And he was like, where's Andy? So he went to my office and he found me under my desk, completely comatose, and I just <laughs> I just remember waking up to your dad hovering over me going, bro, I'm Daryl. You're on air in five minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So my first, my first Saturday show was uh, luckily went ahead thanks to your dad waking me up in time, but it was a bit groggy, to be honest with you. And, yeah, he, he, he would tell you that story. Yeah. That's that was his- a pretty hard to wake up to. <laughs> yeah. When he saw the new drive host asleep under his desk, comatized from a big night on the piss, I think he was like, who the fuck have we hired? Yeah. <laughs> who is this, this guy? Senior staff members in Corbin, you're a good dude, mate. It was really nice to catch up with you. And like I said, we'll, we'll catch up with you a few months down the track on the podcast. We'll catch up in person a bit sooner than that. We'll get you down to uh, get you over for dinner one night and you can try some of the home brew. But um, yeah, really good to catch up with you, man. And uh, good luck for the uh, start of the course in a week. Yeah, awesome. Really appreciate it, lads. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Cheers. No, good to meet you. And uh, yeah, good luck with your course. Cheers, uh, mate. Awesome. All the best. Cheers, Corbin.
Well, we've just come back from a bit of a technical glitch, Oren, where um, my computer decided to crash. And (laughs) the worst thing is, is that when you're recording this podcast and the computer decides to crash, you think, oh my God, we've just lost everything we've recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, luckily that way, bloody technology. So that happened, and then I gave you a ring because it was taking a bit longer for me to fix it i gave you a ring and i was like all right i'll just tell oren what's going to happen so i ring you i say oren mate because you answer you say hello and i say oren mate sorry man my computer crashed and and you know blah 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 and you're like hello no oren my computer crashed hello (laughs) (laughs) you can't hear me yeah can't hear a thing and i just think okay I i know there's some segments there's parts of this house that i'm in that don't have very good signal uh, phone signal so I rang you from a different part of the house and it happened again I think I rang you like four times and just couldn't get through to you so I, I rang my wife and I was like, she, what the hell is he doing <laughs> <laughs> I rang my wife as well just to test it to see if she could hear me and for the first two times I rang her she couldn't and I thought shit you know how I told you I dropped my new cell phone I wonder if I buggered it. I think you might have damaged it. <laughs> but then she said, oh, yeah, if you go stand at the end of our bed, there's a really good spot there for signal. <laughs> so I stood at the end of the bed and <laughs> rang her phone again, and she could hear me. And I thought, okay, well, that must be sweet. I'll stay here, and I'll ring Oren again. So I rang you again, and you still couldn't hear me. And I thought, bugger this, sent you a text. <laughs> and here we are yeah. back. But the thing is, though, like, it was lucky because when I logged my computer back on, it said, you have an unsaved conversion here, which meant, great, it's realized that we didn't finish saving this audio when it crashed. So I managed to not lose any of the podcast. <laughs> Would have been gutted. Would have been gutted if we had. Oh, yeah. You have to start all over again. Yeah. But anyway, back on track. Uh, do you fancy a bit of a dad joke off? Yeah, mate. All right, here we go. A couple here for you. Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. So this is where we tell, you know, five dad jokes each. Last week's ones were really, really good, mate. I have to commend you on yours. They were very good. Um, yeah, it was quite funny that though. Uh, we decided to listen to the podcast when we were sitting on the back deck with the kids and the, and the joke section came on. So I actually had to quickly grab the speaker and turn it down for that little segment because... <laughs> I think they're a little bit crass. So this week's ones are a lot cleaner. So Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Dad jokes are jokes that you can tell the kids. <laughs> but the thing yeah. is, like, there's, there, that's the thing, though. I mean, like kids, this this podcast is not targeted at kids. So I think you, you can go a little bit sort of further across the spectrum of crass dad yeah, jokes. Yeah. But I think when you are sitting there with your kids listening to it, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> Makes it a bit awkward. Yeah, it does a little bit. Um, right. So do you want me to start or do you want to start at this time? Oh, I can start if you like. All right, go for it, mate. So we'll do five okay. each. Okay. A priest, a rabbi, and a vicar walk into a bar, and the barman says, is this some kind of a joke? <laughs> <laughs> so tell the joke then. How do you jump higher on a waterbed? <laughs> I don't know. You fill it with spring water. <laughs> oh, freaking hell. <laughs> oh, my therapist says I've got a preoccupation with vengeance. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. As he sips his beer. It's like I didn't spit that one all over the computer. <laughs> I have a fear of overly intricate buildings. 
I have a complex, complex, complex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, Doc, I can't stop singing the green, green grass of home. He said, it sounds like you got a Tom Jones syndrome. Is it common? I asked. Oh, fucking hell. I might leave that one out. I can't get that one. It's got singing piece in it. Oh, is that the one that goes, it's not unusual? Yeah, it's not unusual. (laughs) We'll leave that one out of it. Fuck it. Okay. Okay, the police arrested two kids yesterday. One was drinking battery acid. The other one was eating fireworks. They charged one, but they let the other one off. (laughs) (laughs) I've got this disease where I can't stop making airport puns. The doctor says it's terminal. (laughs) (laughs) I said to my gym instructor, can you teach me how to do the splits? He said, oh, how flexible are you? I said, oh, I can make Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Why should you never brush your teeth with your left hand? A, <laughs> a, a toothbrush works better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had to think yeah. about that. I could see the look <laughs> on you. <laughs> All right, mate, last one uh, for you. Here we go. A woman gets on a bus with her baby. The bus driver says, oh, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. The woman walks to the back of the bus and sits down, fuming. She says to the man sitting next to her, the driver just insulted me. The man says, well, go up there and tell him off. Go on. I'll hold your monkey for you. (laughs) Oh, harsh. All right. (laughs) What's yellow and hurts when it gets in your eye? A bulldozer. (laughs) (laughs) A bulldozer. You got to watch out for those bulldozers. <laughs> oh, they're getting worse. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Best one yet. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. I got stuck in the lift last week. Did I tell you? Is this a joke or no? No, this is not. No. <laughs> no. Sounded like the start of a joke, didn't it? Yeah, no, got, I got stuck got in the lift last week. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's definitely you're going down in life, isn't it? Uh, no, I got stuck in a lift. Um, I actually had to pop into the Christchurch CBD recently to go and drop something off to uh, a friend of my sister-in-law. So I was doing her a favour. And it's like an office building. Anyway, so I get into the, I walk into the building, quite a flash foyer. Like, this is a real expensive building, like really flash. And, <laughs> and there's me and my bloody... Um, well, they're not muddy boots, but I'm wearing some toe cap boots, which are a bit well worn. I've got my swan dry on and some ragged shorts. And I've walked into this building looking a bit out of place anyway. I get to the lift, press the button, doors open. I get in and I want the second floor. The lift goes up to the first floor and then stops. The doors don't open. I've got absolutely no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm pressing the button again to, like, open the doors. You know, the, the door open button, that didn't work. So I pressed the second floor button again to see if the lift would just keep going up because I thought maybe someone on the first floor had stopped the lift so they could get in. Yeah. And this lift was just stopped. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. I, I've never had this experience before. I, I don't know how I can move this lift. Where, where, what's going to happen here? How long are I going to be stuck? And it, it sort of ran through my head. Okay, I may just have to press the intercom button to speak to someone to say, help, I'm stuck in your lift. And then I thought, <laughs> well, let's just try and suss this out. And what I, what I actually figured out was it wasn't as bad as, as it sounds. 
I hit the ground button again and the lift started moving back down and it took me back down to the ground floor. And when it was doing that, I was just looking yeah. at the panel and I realized that it's one of those office blocks where you need your security pass to be able to, you got, you've actually got, oh, to, okay. got to swipe it over yeah. the sensor and it lets you go to the floor you want to go to. But I didn't realize this, but it was weird how it opened and let me <laughs> in and then took me to the first floor and then stopped and did nothing. You know, how weird is that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I realized it's, it's a whole bloody COVID thing. Uh, as well as a security thing, oh, apparently. Because okay. I ended up yeah, having to, yeah. once I got back out on the ground floor, I, I rang the person I needed to go and see on the second floor, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a mixture of COVID and security, you know. And I just found it strange yeah. how the, the lift let me get into it and go up to the first floor. But it, honestly, it actually um, gave me a bit of a fright, to be honest with you. Did they have to come down and get you? Well, they had to come down and get the package that I was going to deliver. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't like lifts at the best of times, eh? No. You know, just being from an engineering background, you're always going up in the lift going, in a big tube, there's probably like 40 floors below me and I'm being lifted up by a steel cable that could break at any moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's a very big fall below me, 40 stories, as you said. <laughs> That's it, my, my yeah. middle daughter, Mia, she's just turned nine. She hates lifts. So whenever we have to go places with her, like shopping malls, et cetera, we've got to take the stairs. And I just noticed that that's fine. I mean, if she doesn't like lifts, that's cool. She doesn't have to like them. But the thing is, is whenever we go to shopping malls and stuff, we have to use the stairs and they always smell like piss. That's that's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Someone's always pissed in the corner. Yeah. That's nasty. You want to be able to get away with it, eh? Yeah. I know. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of, uh, not liking lifts. But to be fair, I got a bit of a fright on this one. I thought, oh, shit, I'm stuck in here. And it just sort of went through my mind. It's like, you know what? If this lift has jammed, I could be stuck in here for five minutes or I could be in here for the next couple of days. What's it going to yeah. be? Throw it at me. Let's do this. <laughs> you know? I mean, I had my oh, phone on me. Though. Yeah, my phone had signal. Um. But, you know, it's just like the whole situation of being stuck in the lift where, you know, you've seen the movies. Is, yeah, there, yeah. is, there, is there like a trap door in the ceiling that I have to climb through and then make my way up? <laughs> you know? it's yeah, like, oh, even those ones that go up the outside of buildings, the glass ones, you know? Oh, yeah. You're like yeah. going, shooting up the side of a building thinking, oh, it's a long way down. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, anyway, problem solved. Luckily, hit the ground floor button. Uh, back down and out, made a phone call, got it sorted. But yeah, it was uh, one of those moments. <laughs> but, yeah. Those pack your undies moments. Yeah, yeah. But you get that, well, you get that horrible sinking feeling as long as it's not the lift dropping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you say pack your undies, I'm like, okay, if I get stuck in here, kind of need the, a wee right now. <laughs> you have to piss in the corner, like in the uh, <laughs> corner of the stairs at the mall. Shopping mall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite an upmarket uh, office building too. It's not going to be a good look. <laughs> Wouldn't be a good look if you were pissing in the corner and they open the doors. Yeah, yeah. There's this fellow <laughs> with ragged shorts, dirty boots and a swan drive and a wee in the corner. Get out of here, you drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, far oh, out. So have you, have you, are you still drinking your home brew? My I just finished, uh, finished one before. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. still, still, yeah. still going down quite well. It's, uh, I'm quite impressed with this one. Yeah, it's not too bad, eh? Got a good flavour to it. 
yeah, pretty stoked with it. Because um, I mentioned that I had some hops with it um, that came with the with the brew pack that I bought to make it, but I didn't put the hops in it. I wonder how how different it would taste with the hops in it. Yeah, um, can you do like a do a could you do a half and half or no? Nah? Yeah, well, I so I had 100% plans to put the hops in it, but then I realised you, you've got to put them in two days before you bottle the beer. Oh, okay. Um, but when it got to the two days, I completely forgot about it. And I got to the day that I was going to bottle it, and I was like, well, it's too late now. So I've held on to the hops for the next one. Yeah. Which was good fine. to try it out and see what different flavour you get, eh? Yeah, well, that's it, mate. When I put another one down, which I probably should do soon because I've, I've got more ingredients to make another batch. And I should probably just get on with it. Um, I'll send another six pack up your way. <laughs> do the hot one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do the hot one. Might even uh, try and get crafty and put some other flavours in. You know, yeah, try, yeah, try, try yeah. I don't know, there's something about me that says let's try a passion fruit one. A passion fruit beer. Passion fruit beer, beer or Fijoa, or, or Fijoa, because the Fijoas are actually starting to come through at our place and our tr- we've got yeah. a couple of trees out the back and these Fijoas are like melons. The things are huge. Oh, yeah. Really, really big Fijoas, yes. I wonder if a Fijoa beer would go down quite nicely. Yeah, it'd be interesting, eh, just to try it out and give it a whirl and yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Might be quite good. Might taste like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, mate. Well, always good to catch up. Uh, that was a good episode. Of course, uh, a good chat with Corbin as well. Uh, who's uh, going to start his radio course yeah. next week. So best of luck to him. We yeah, do do an episode every two weeks on a Friday. The next one will be on the 25th of February. So come give us a like, facebook.com slash Tradio podcast. You can email us as well at tradiochat at gmail.com. Maybe you've got a good story to tell. Uh, maybe you've got a, you know, a good skill that you could uh, share with us. We'd really love to hear anything, really, that would uh, be interesting to listen to. So do get in touch. All right, mate. Well, uh, remember, you've got a bit of homework. It is to sort out the sound in your room. Yep. Got a bit of construction work to do, I think, by the looks. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you'd be used to that. Yeah. 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 Daily, daily habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get building, Mister Trady. Make yourself a decent little frame or something you can use to um, get that sound sorted out. It'll be interesting to see how you go. So uh, consider that your homework assignment. If you don't do it, you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get a caning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it sorted. Do it. Tradio. I went. I went back inside when you're having technical difficulties. So I thought oh, I'll go back in and yeah, see what the wife's doing. She's sitting on the computer sitting on the couch doing computer work for school, watching the Olympics. So. Yeah, we've been watching a bit of the Olympics, eh? The snowboarding, Zoe Sadowski Senate. Yeah. Incredible. We've got the, the guys, uh, oh, excuse me. I've got, um, oh, God. got the men's um, skiing big ear jump thing on at the moment in there. And some of the freaking tricks they do are nuts, eh? It's insane, eh? Mm. You know the one with the skis where they're going down those two tracks and then they just do that big air thing, not tricks or anything. It's just literally. Oh, they just jump. They just yeah. jump. The ski jump, I think they call it. Um, my wife's dad used to do that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty cool, eh? I'd like to give it a, give it a crack and be freaking scary doing it. But... It would be, but I think the gradient of that slope is so good that you actually have quite a soft landing. Yeah. It's easy to say that when you're not doing it, but... um. Well, they have the camera from the back of the the um the big ear jump the guys are doing with the skis. Yeah. The camera angle from the back before they drop off to do the jump, 
you look over the edge and you go far out, man. That's freaking <laughs> steep down there, you know. Oh, mate, honestly, we we sit here saying, God, it looks like fun. We'd give it a good go, but holy shit, mate, if you're standing on top of that slope, you'll be like, no, nope, no, nope, next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zero for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed. I can't represent my country. That's uh, just too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty hard. You got to be pretty. You got to be pretty loose, but you've also got to be pretty damn skilled to do that. Oh shit, you mate! Because I was saying Dana, my wife earlier, I was just like, "How many times have you got to fuck up to get that right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. How many times <laughs> you've landed on your face? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same with, um, you know, with BMX uh, stunt people, you know, and, and, and motocross stunts as well, like the Krusty yeah, Demons. Yeah. How often do they have to make mistakes to get what they do right? Should she? Same kind of process. Yeah. yeah. How, many more yeah. Pod, how many more podcasts do you and I have to do to get it right? <laughs> <laughs> Thousands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, mate, I'll let you go. Good to catch up. Okay. Catch you next time. All right. See you, mate. Yeah. Radio.